I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Today's highlight comes from Chris's epic live stream discussion with Patrick Campbell, and he's the founder and CEO of ProfitWell. This topic is super timely with all the macroeconomic changes our markets are facing. If you want more insight on this topic, be sure to go back and find the whole conversation with Chris and Patrick. It's titled Recession Pricing Strategies with ProfitWell founder and CEO Patrick Campbell. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about pricing. I mean, that's a big part of, of your, your uh, expertise. And I'm curious, is there any advice that you would be giving differently given this market about how SaaS businesses should be pricing what they do? Yeah. So great question. I think that there's a couple of things. I think one, you need to realize that, again, as I was saying before, if you have your customers now, especially in B2B, those customers are with you. And historically, um, these kind of little blips or downturns are are come in a couple of flavors. One flavor is, um, and this is like really early 2000s flavor. We haven't really seen this in a long time, a little bit, and even in 2008. But new customers will go zero, meaning like you just will stop getting as many new customers. Hmm. And then your existing customers, because they've chosen you, are more than willing to pay more. And they're more than willing to like check a look at your pricing, right? Or take a look at new offerings that you offer. Um, and so I think that one big thing to kind of keep in mind is I, I don't think we're quite there. I think if you reevaluate your segments, what you'll notice is, is people will cut, maybe some people churned, and then all of a sudden, again, those people who are with you chose you, and then your new revenue will, will kind of continue at the clip um, that it was going. And so I think that it's one of those things where the thing I'm trying to say is, is because of that phenomenon, you should be raising prices on your existing customers um, not because they're with you and they chose loyalty, but because you probably haven't changed your prices in years because most people don't. Um, you should be changing and you know basically raising your price on your existing product at least once a year, um, assuming that you're making progress on it. Um, and assuming your NPS or whatever you measure is over 20, and NPS over 20 is pretty weak actually, um, then you should be raising your price. Um, and I think that's a really big thing that's hard for people to understand because they're scared right now, right? But it's like, when the market was good, you also were scared, right? So you're just constantly scared um, to change your pricing. And I get it because it sits at the intersection of important and uncomfortable. And whenever we have things at the intersection of important and uncomfortable, like that's what happens. But I think ultimately, like the big thing you got to think about is, you know, it's a good time to do it. You have to do it in the right way, which we're happy to get into. Um, the second thing is, finding different avenues to upgrade folks. Uh, so add-ons, additional products, um, localization, like meaning like just internationalizing your price, uh, meaning you have different prices in different regions, um, even if 20%, only 20% of your customer base is in a different region. It's a really good thing to start implementing because um, you'll start getting higher volume in certain places where you price too high, you'll start getting more revenue in there certain places where you're priced too low. Um, and then I think that I would say we can go deeper on any of these. If you get really scared or like, you're like, I'm unique, I'm a beautiful snowflake, which everyone typically thinks, um, which is fine. Um, the biggest hack that you should be doing is how do I get more community and more like free 
So one of the big things we saw during COVID is that some folks would try freemium offerings or community-based offerings um, because everyone's looking for information or everyone's get a little skittish, especially B2B customers um, during kind of recessions or things like this. And so if you can find a way to bring as many of those people into you now um, and kind of like take advantage of that feeling, even though it's a negative feeling, whoever holds on to the most customers at the end of this ends up winning, right? And so one of the most successful things that we saw was um, one company, they did these competitive offerings because B2B companies are looking to cut and they went to people who were with like giant, you know, offerings that just were sucky anyways, but they didn't have an excuse to leave. And they said, we will basically buy out your existing contract if you come to our offering, which really just meant we'll give it to you for free until your contract with that company is up and then you'll start paying us, right? It was a really bold move. They were well capitalized um, to do it, but they came out of COVID in this case just roaring because they all of a sudden had these customers who started paying them that they had acquired uh, when everyone was really scared. So those are some things to kind of think about. So that particular strategy, I want to dig into a lot of these things, but that particular example, um, I, you know, we, I've talked about that with mentors and, and toyed with the idea and you see big companies, big brands doing it like Verizon will buy out AT&T contracts or whatever, you know, and, yeah. and when, when they're in a marketplace like that, where there's a couple very obvious competitors, it makes sense. You want to just target them directly. When you're in a growing market or you've got some kind of, um, you know, startup competitors, do you want to cast a, a wide net and say, and, and kind of um, point out all these other brands? Or do you think that's a, what do you think about that strategy? You don't have to, you don't have to point out the brands, right? Like just imagine uh, it's, I mean, you can just say like, we'll buy out your contract. You don't have to say AT&T. It's like, oh, you have an existing you know, one of the reasons you might not be converting is because you have an existing contract or an annual plan with with um, your current help desk provider. Great, doesn't matter who it is, we'll buy it out, right? I think it's like the thing the thing about pricing and the thing about competition and some of these other concepts. And I'm going to rant for a second here is like a lot of these things. It's like we should never infantilize our customers, right? And I think what we think sometimes is like, well, what if what if we let them know about a competitor? And it's like, they know that they they know there's other solutions. They know like they maybe found you and they love your product, but they, they know that like maybe they don't know the names of them, but they're like, Chris can't be the only person doing this, right? Maybe he's the best person doing this, but he can't be the only person on earth doing this thing. Same thing with pricing, right? Oh, I'm scared to like talk to them about pricing because what if, what if they're like, what if they're scared away? It's like, people know things cost money, right? Like they know things cost money. And yes, they're not doing like a magic calculus of like, well, you know, if it's this much value, it's this price, right? But it's like one of those things where I, I think that um, we're just kind of scared to 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 kind of, you know, push things forward. Like one of our early pricing pages, we put our competitor logos on our pricing pages. Like we were just like, you're going to do the research. So like, we've done it for you. Like go, go check out <laughs> our competitors. Like we know you'll be back, right? And I think that that's, that's a sign. It's a nice little flex because you have to make sure your product can back it up. But also it's like, Hey, like we, you know, we know these people exist. Here's who they are. Awesome. You know what I mean? Like just check it out. Um, so yeah, little, little rant, not exactly what you were saying, don't, but I think it's, don't think it's infantilize your customers. Is that what you said? Or don't, yeah, you, don't infantilize like them. Babies? I feel like I'm going to forget how to say infantilize by next week. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> treat them like babies, like treat, treat them like adults. <laughs> like they are, they're not always going to act like adults, but treat your customers like adults. And yeah, I don't know, totally. it's just kind of funny with some of this stuff.
Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.